Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to episode two of round two of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Sean Shute, Jack Harper and a returning Keenan Bonner. The matchup we'll be tackling today is 2015's Mad Max Fury Road versus 2003's Bad Boys 2 as we continue our quest to determine the best action movie from 1990 to now. How's everyone doing? All good, thanks mate. Thank you. Lovely. So we have a clash of styles here in, uh, well, more, more so the subgenre of action than, uh, action itself. But we mentioned this on Monday. Mad Max does seem to be for a film that's rated so highly marmite in the way it divides opinion. I mean, Alex has spent since Monday tantruming daily as to what he feels our opinions are on Mad Max, which we'll get into. Follow our usual structure. We've got critics' reviews, we've got trivia, we've got quotes, and all of that business. And at the end, we'll determine which film goes through to the next round to face the Dark Knight. So, daunting task for whichever one manages it. Yeah. If we start with Mad Max then, so that is the higher seed in this uh, equation. Um, in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in a search for in a search for her homeland, with the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshipper, and a drifter named Max. Jack, I know you were on the podcast when um, we went through all of the weirdest films that you could find on IMDb with their descriptions. That wouldn't look out of place in one of those. It really wouldn't. No, you're totally right. Especially yeah. with ending it with and a drifter named Max, like it's yeah. completely like off key. Yeah, I, you're totally right in that sense that that really doesn't sell it for you, does it at no. all? Um, I will say we've got two polar opposites in terms of uh, the critics' reviews today. I don't think you'll need you'll get a medal for picking which one the critics liked more. Um, last week. The reviews were were quite kind, I would say, even in the ones that were critical, particularly of the raid. They were still quite fair in the observations they had, whereas we'll get to Bad Boys 2. It's the closest to uh, that's my boy level that we've had. (laughs) That's obviously been the limit. But yeah, these are rough, so you've got that to look forward to. Anyway, I've got quite a few for each one, so... Feel free to cut me off and uh, discuss any as we go through. Films like Mad Max Fury Road do not come along often. Director George Miller delivers an epic and visual cinema art film that celebrates survival and hope in a bleak and deranged universe. Cinema art film is enough to put me off there already, if you take away my opinion of the film. It's the same thing they put towards the revenants and nonsense like that. You yeah, will not cover up a poor film by saying it's artful. I think it's just conceptually a different film. It's nothing like we've really seen before. Is that kind of, I don't know if you've seen Mortal Engines or watched that during lockdown. 
And it's no. that kind of steampunk, post-apocalyptic, anything can happen. It's almost like playing Fallout, but it's a film. Um, like, my only, I think we watched my only argument, not to... Sorry. Sorry, man. I was gonna say, my only argument with people saying, oh, it's conceptually different, and oh, it's a brilliant, groundbreaking film. I mean, it is a remake. No, granted. I've, I've <laughs> got I think, some bits on that for I, later. I think, I think during the time period of when it came out, in the last 10 years, a lot of films are either superhero films or they followed the same kind of thesis, apart from the ones that really stand out. And I think this really did stand out in that kind of... I wouldn't say... I mean, you got like Interstellar, things like that. Things were just a little bit different. I think it was in the same bracket. I was going to say, when I think of like artful films i remember we watched nocturnal animals at the cinema i think you watched that jack as well and that was one where it kind of had that arty bit to it but did still feel different to other things and i did still find that entertaining whereas this didn't really do it for me it seemed like one where people carried on kind of floating how good it was because everyone else was saying so isn't it? But for me, it was just like, it's just one big chase. The whole film is one sequence. Yeah. Like an episode of uh, Roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it obviously does they, well. They go to some point and then obviously they go back. But... I, think, I think it does well to kind of, I don't know, draw people in. The fact that you're right, it is one sequence, but there's story development within that one sequence. I think that adds to the film. I think to keep people entertained, you're right, when you say it's like Marmite, I guess. But to be one sequence and still have people's like, um, full attention, because I know we're going to come on to Bad Boys, and don't get me wrong, it is just a brilliant all-action film, but I did find that there was so much going on that my <laughs> attentions like dwindled. I'd find this, myself on my phone or something. When I, when I started to watch uh, this, so when I started to watch Mad Max Fury Road again, despite what my thoughts were, you know, pre-watching it again, the first like half hour or so, I was like really interested. Actually, this, I think this is better than I thought. But then, like as more time went on, where I feel like this is just it for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. I, like, it was. It. It's, it's it's like scale electrics. It's only so fun to just hold that trigger down and just see the cars just whiz round at full speed. And once <laughs> you've seen that. The fun really had gone out of it, and that was essentially what it was. It was just a live-action wacky races without dastardly and money to live and things <laughs> up. That's a brilliant, brilliant analogy. Um, what else have we got here? Um, wall-to-wall visceral action, insane practical stunts, highly stylized production with a thoughtful take on the apocalypse. Um Fury Road is the literal definition of controlled chaos. It's an amazing full-tilt assault on the senses. The most brilliant piece of mayhem to ever hit the screen. Jesus Christ. That, I mean, that's that's pretty, <laughs> pretty rich. Um, Mad Max Fury Road will be the film to beat for a long time coming, and the new high-water mark against which to judge action and blockbuster filmmaking. This is, quite simply, how it's done. It's a rare film that engages the mind while rocking the body. Justin Timberlake star. Miller's vision of a world consumed by its own greed, where water, gasoline and bullets are the most precious commodities, seems even more relevant today than it did 30 years ago. 
<laughs> this is what annoys me. It's like doing English at school where they say, look at this poem and take the 10,000 meanings out of it that the author definitely did not mean. <laughs> did Miller go in wanting to make this look at humanity itself through water, gasoline and bullets and reflect it back on it even though they're using an apocalyptic world? I don't think he did. I think he was just trying to make a, Mad Max a weird Mad Max film. Mm. Yeah. I mean, whatever allegory you want to take from it, I suppose is up to you, like you say. It's all interpretation. But, I mean, taking oil, they weren't saying it's about there will be blood. Taking oil and gasoline <laughs> and all, it's a really important commodity. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's not, it's not, oh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a great fan, so I don't, I don't want to, like, berate it. Uh, Watch it doing the reviews, we'll get there. Furiosa and the women are the heart and soul of Fury Road, championing female life and autonomy into something that could have easily been a popcorn flick for bros. Could it? Could it? Bros. <laughs> I mean, just, just quickly, think about it. I mean, yeah. Could it? I, I don't think it particularly champions female life because three of them are cowering in the back of the car for one hour fifty of the two hours. No. Um... It's them. It's them as modern or modern day or post futuristic slaves. So I mean, I don't know how much really it does champion. <laughs> yes, they try and escape. Come on, but Charlie Theron's got a skinhead. I, I guess they if are you're gonna as a commodity throughout the whole film, the that point is, is true. greed. He is greedy and he wants them back. Never they escape in the last ten minutes, so there is an uplifting point to it, but. I, I don't know about champion the female story. Although, if you want to really, champion female life, everyone needs a skinhead. Are we I, probably we're probably not the right target audience to talk about champion female rights, really, are we? Let's be honest. We we've abolished the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame, so we've done our bit. Have we? Um. Well, that, that just felt like a good little side note to say there. We won't make any official comment yet. <laughs> wow! As if you abolished it. I know. I haven't. Sure? Just um. It got in my head where I didn't put the graphic out because you did all say it did make us look entirely misogynistic. So, one hundred percent it did, but <laughs> it wasn't. It, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been. Oh, have you deleted all history of it ever existed? No, I mean the episodes uh, are still there, and I still have the graphic. I just are we going to be are we going to be apologising for this in five years' is, time? No, we won't there. be. I mean, on the next film that we talk about, there is a member of the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame. <laughs> there is, and that will continue. Um, action films with a simple one-track mindset can be far from a bad thing, but Fury Road never successfully establishes any stakes. Um, Mad Max Fury Road is one of the worst and meaningless movies I have ever seen. <laughs> it's fine B-grade mulch, but it's certainly no masterpiece. It's surprising and a tad disheartening how readily Fury Road falls into line with so many other production line blockbusters. A wildly monotonous film that operates at one volume, Fortissimo, bludgeoning us over the head into either submission or exhaustion. <laughs> and finally, Mad Max Fury Road captures the joy and style of what action cinema once was, a good story with convincing characters supported by the stunning choreography of cinematography, editing and production design. I'd probably so, go somewhere in the middle. I feel the people that do hate it do really hate it. It seems to be yeah, the yeah. takeaway. 
B-grade think, mulch. I think it's a good film. I don't think it's the best film that I've ever seen, but I feel that the premise of it is pretty decent. And at the end as well, you kind of gets you thinking like, oh, if we take power back from the people that are holding it from us, it's almost like a, an advert for communism. And it's like, ah, I can see why it can kind of affect so many people when if they kind of want to kind of escape to this green world that they're talking about, this green place. And they realised that they were in it in the first place. They just need a change of management, essentially. The ending did really annoy me because you don't send every single person out your entire place undefended. Like, how did they last this long in power? With that tactic, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's on par with having a giant wooden Trojan horse outside your gates. <laughs> the people that have been trying to attack you for years have suddenly vanished, and you welcome it in as a gift. That's on the same level of intelligence. But anyway, we've got some trivia to tuck into. There is quite a bit, so I'll whiz through some of them. So, Editor Margaret Sixall had roughly 470 hours of footage to edit. Watching it took three months. So if we felt bad with the two hours, imagine that. The flame-shooting guitarist is Australian artist-musician Sean Haight, better known as Iota. In an interview on Vice, he said that the guitar weighed 132 pounds and shot real gas-powered flames, which he controlled using the whammy bar. Wow. That's I didn't, brilliant. I didn't get that either. I don't understand. What, why, why does that exist? <laughs> that was my only... I was going to say, it's one of my favourite one of my favourite parts of the film. <laughs> When he starts when he starts knocking out them solos, class. <laughs> <laughs> I thought as well that he is in a long list of just characters that are hard to look at in the film. That you've got the main bad guy, he is really like tough to look at, just repulsive. <laughs> and then you've got that guy with the weird feet who's got wearing like a three piece suit with nipple holes cut out <laughs> and then chains attached to his nipples. And I just think that they obviously they've done that on purpose, but someone's actually sat down and designed, well, what we'll do is we'll cut nipple holes in his suit and then we'll chain his nipples together. And I bet he earned a lot of money doing that as well. Yeah. <laughs> My other question uh, is, Troy, I was going to say about the look, like visually the film, um, unless I've missed it, there's no explanation as to how the world ended or the apocalypse came no. about. So there's no reason for, there's no explanation to all of these grotesque mutations although it's just as though it just happened we had it where it. we did Batman last week when we did it Keenan I know you're on there but they referenced about not mentioning the Joker's backstory or, or kind of clarifying it it might yeah. be the same thing where it kind of opens more wormholes than you need if you actually go into any detail so by leaving it unexplained it doesn't really take anything away from what they're trying to achieve maybe maybe you are right it just seems odd that like the the inbreeding and then all of his kids being odd. Yeah. yeah, I get that. That's probably some form of. If you look at him, he's never going to have an healthy child, is it? <laughs> so I, it's, it ain't happening. Which I understand, but him and the out the older ones who presumably are the first, but probably the most the second generation of people post apocalypse happening. There's no. It's just odd that there's no explanation for him looking like that. He's just well, there yeah. Because what is in his DNA? Because he's produced. 
three quite literally Victoria's Secret models. Mm. Are those his daughters or his wives? They're meant to be his daughters. Yeah. Oh. So obviously that's where the old woman who tries to do is doing with a shotgun, you have to presume is the original. And then right. he has all the then he has the children, then that's why the, the inbreeding is yeah. why his kids are all knackered. <laughs> um during pre production the initial concept was for a black and white film. However, producers strongly advised against it as they believed it would deter audiences. They did release one, didn't they? A chrome, like a black and chrome version. They probably did as part of the Blu-ray or something like that. Yeah, yeah I think they did. I think they brought it back at cinemas actually. It's yeah, been ringing a bell them. there. Yeah, because when I searched it on Prime the other night, they've got a black and. I'm sure right. it says chrome, ver- like chrome version. Yeah, that I sounds right. Presumably, it's black and white. Um, on April third, twenty fifteen, Tom Hardy announced he would sign on for three more Mad Max films. So we still got that to come. According to Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, whenever she or the other wives' clothes slipped, Tom Hardy would never tell them directly. He said he would act out a cartoonish eye-popping-out action to let them know. But that was funny the first time. And <laughs> from his side of things, he's, he's not having a bad day at the office, but for them, part of what they probably would just much rather him say, lift your top off of it. Um... Tom Hardy suffered a broken nose during filming where Charlize Theron accidentally elbowed him. She was wearing a green arm cast at the time, which was used so the graphic artist could digitally remove Furiosa's arm. Accidentally, basically. Counting the opening voiceovers and discounting any grunts. Max Rokotansky has exactly 52 lines. Yeah, I found this really difficult for when we're picking our favourite line because <laughs> there aren't a lot of them and the ones that there are aren't very good. That was, I thought the dialogue was I've got some obviously deliberately poor, but there was some like funny yeah. ones that I, that, I, that I found out. Um, according to Tom Hardy, he had lunch with Mel Gibson to discuss him taking over the iconic role. Gibson told him he was fine with it and gave him his blessing. There we go. Chucked a couple of uh, pints down his neck in Mel Gibson and would have told him everything was sound. I was going to say, let's be honest, you don't want to get Mel Gibson drunk. <laughs> what happened the last time? I've got something about this in a minute. Uh, actors were digitally duplicated in post-production to expand the crowd seats. So in reality, only a few actors were actually needed on set during filming. Um, George Miller directed the Mad Max action franchise, noted for its violence. Ironically, he's also the director of three family-friendly films. The second Babe movie, Babe P in the City, and both Happy Feet pictures. <laughs> what a portfolio. We've got a casting What If. Um, Jeremy Renner campaigned for the role of Mad Max. And Uma Thurman was considered for the part of Furiosa. That would have been interesting. I she would have seen her. stand Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Stop your campaign against my boy. I like him in the town. Yeah, what have you got against him? Um, mainly that he plays Hawkeye, the most ridiculous superhero to ever exist. Just a, a futuristic Legolas. He's not a superhero, <laughs> obviously. He never claims to be. But that's his old well, point. He's part of the Avengers, so you're a superhero. He's got no superpowers. Can't be a superhero. He's good with a bow and arrow. That's his superpower. He's not a superpower, is it? He? He's just accurate. He did, although he had that good, that don't give me hope gif. He's one of my favourites. Um... 150 cars were built for the film. Only 15 survived. This was my favourite, just for how it reads. Um, 
Mel Gibson was discounted for the lead role for several reasons. One was sexist and racist controversies after run-ins with the police. And the other was because George Miller envis- envisaged Max as still being a young man. <laughs> so he'd be old as sin by the time the film comes out. You can't well, imagine him wanting not... to be climbing anywhere. When I'm saying to Mel Gibson, I've got a couple of reasons why. Firstly, these sexist and racist outbursts, they really need to stop. And secondly, you're just getting on a bit. <laughs> and the body count in this film is 110, with 34 being killed by Max, 32 killed by Furiosa, and the rest by different people. Yeah. See, on on screen, because there's obviously X amount who, who you presume are dead. It's probably a fair few, uh, close to that number, who die off screen. Yeah. In, certain, in crashes and so on that you don't you don't actually see sort of thing. <laughs> See, I, I thought about this, I know we're going to come on to it again, but with Bad Boys 2, like the highway scene, where... They, you're going to take all our things before we get there. All right, okay, I'll save it, I'll save it. Um, rewatchability. Now, I know myself, Keenan, and Sean didn't like the film, so we're not the ones to go to. Jack, you, you did like it. Would it be? Would it still be seen as rewatchable for you? Yeah, for me, I think so. Um, Sheesh. I guess this is where it is personal opinion because I like both films, um, but I think I'm more likely to rewatch Mad not, Max not, than I am I Mad mean, Boys. You can say that neither are rewatchable, but and one's me more rewatchable than the other. It's just where you think Mad Max is rewatchable, but there we go. Other one says so. We do have the quotes, as we said got a couple. Um, I don't know if anyone else wants to go with one first. I'm conscious I've spoken a lot to you. <laughs> Witness me. Yeah, blood, blood bag. He just screams out of that a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> what about he's a crazy schmeg who eats schlanger? Yeah, that was my <laughs> schlanger. That's just a brilliant term. Um, uh, when Furiosa says, remember me at the end, that's quite a good quote. Well, when she rips off the mask. Yeah. Do not, my friends, become addicted to water. It will take hold of you and you will resent its absence. Hmm. It's a a good way to kind of set the scene of it being apocalyptic, I guess. You've got Max in his... Go on, sorry. So I was going to say, after he he blinds the bloke who's the the bullet farmer and he's just screaming in the car, "I'm, I'm the scales of justice, conductor of the choir of death. Just sounds cool, doesn't it, to be fair? Yeah, his narration at the start where he says, uh, My name's Max, my world's fire and blood. Once I was a copper road warrior searching for a righteous cause. As the world fell, each of us in our own way was broken. It's hard to know who's more crazy, me or everyone else. It's uh, um, by my hand, sorry. Yeah, go on. As I say, it's, I quite like Immortal Joe when he says, it, It's by my hand that you will rise from the ashes. So it's quite a nice dictate. It's quite a nice start to a little dictatorial speech. Um, oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Which I think was used as the tagline as well. Yeah. Any more for any more? Nothing else on that. Um, best moment slash scene. What was it for you, Keenan? Start with you. Um, I quite like the actual first chase 
when they well, the the first because obviously the whole film is essentially a chasing. But <laughs> I do like the the first bit as they get together and they're all running around and they then they realise it's a decoy. I quite quite like that. I think that's it. Although more people die later on, I quite like that one. It's quite fresh and it's new to the film. Like an hour in, when they're just driving in a straight line for so for so long, you're thinking, right, well, I know what's got, I know where they're going. Not a lot of twists and turns. Yeah, might uh, be when they go into kind of the, the, sandstorm. the like sandstorm. Yeah, yeah. just because it looks cool with uh, yeah, it does spin around the the, the colours uh, that they use, which I guess would be taken away a lot if you then put it in black and white with it being all kind of gloomy with the the red and the clouds spinning around and everything there so that would be it for me just because it, it, it looked quite cool and yeah the rest of it did kind of feel like one long scene to me what about you jack i think my favorite one was right towards the end when they go back through the canyon um and there's that kind of fight scene with the brother that's like an absolute giant <laughs> and then um, you get that kind of redemption arc of um, I've forgotten his name now. The one who was in Nicholas that little Holt. boy. <laughs> That's it, Nicholas Holt. I just, he remind because I used to watch Skins. This just reminds me of Tony from Skins. So, obviously, he's Tony and everything that I'm watching it now. But, um, yeah, oh, when he has the, that, when the, he... the, the swine that somehow bagged Jennifer Lawrence for an extended period of time. I don't Ooh. know how. Yeah. And then Chris Martin also managed it, so she must have been like <laughs> boring blokes. <laughs> uh, but yeah where he crashes the war rig and you've got his redemption arc you've got the war rig finally meeting its end I think that's just a pretty good scene and what about you Sean uh, yeah well I've, I've got like the final chase so probably similar to, to Jack's that whole last bit from when they realise they're going back and it's unmarked sorry um, not guarded and then that whole last bit of chase is, yeah, what I've put down. Okay. Um, a couple other bits before we go on to Bad Boys 2. So we've got the most menacing villain, which we'll get into. So if we go for the villain for Mad Max, on a scale of 1 to 10, how menacing are we saying that he is? I think he's up there. It, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because a lot of the others, they kind of have some kind of scheme or plot that they're trying to take to the world or a city, but everything's wiped out here, so essentially he just wants his daughters back. But I would yeah, say... Isn't it menacing like, what he's going to do with his daughters? Though? Yeah, I was just going to say the incest is probably the most menacing <laughs> part about it. And then, like, shutting off the water, and then just the way he looks. Like, everything about him. To me, it's quite cartoonish. Well, I don't think it is that menacing. It's very hammed up. I, I suppose it has to be. You just highlighted up. the incest and then said it's not that menacing. No, he, in general, the incest is the most menacing part about it. <laughs> him in himself is quite cartoonish. The way he looks, the little waddle that he's got running around when you see him walk <laughs> the ten steps he does during the film. The mask is ridiculous. And I know it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic, but I would, it's probably about a four or a five. It's quite average. Would I think you're more repulsed. Film... I think, I think it's just case you're more repulsed by him than you are scared of him. He's just the slime ball. It's like Jabba the, the Hutt. Like Jabba the Hutt is pretty menacing, <laughs> but he's also pretty grotesque to look at. 
would the film be better or worse if you swapped the villain in Mad Max with the villain in Space Jam? <laughs> Space Jam. I would rather have the villain in Space Jam. And what if you put the villain from Mad Max then in Space Jam as well? So you have a, just a complete swap over. He's not. He's not. Right. He's not. Lola Bunny's toast for a start. Yeah. <laughs> he's not running a basketball team, is he? He ain't got it in him. He looks like Ursula from the Little Mermaid in drag. Mm. Avram Grant. <laughs> Avram Grant in a wig. <laughs> um, so we did have our questions last time. Um, Sean, do you have a kind of a hypothetical for Mad Max or? Uh, don't know what you can go. What? How? Well, I don't know. How long do you last in the chase? I can't really think of anything else. You just strap in and see how you go there, I think. More important, how long do I last without that water? I'm probably dead in 24. Yeah, all the water. How long do you go with water? It looks, would, hot, would you, it looks would, hot out there. Would you, drink would you put up with the... Well, actually, so they, they were filming in Namibia and uh, during... I'm going to go the wrong way around here. Is it there where the winter's hot and the summer's cold? I have no idea. Well, it is essentially it someone, is um, there, isn't it? someone got, uh, hypothermia while on the set. So that's how cold it was when they were filming. Jeez. And then other days, they, uh, wearing them big suits, I think was enough to still make them sweat. So. Mm. Would you, um, Put up with a year living there, Sean, um, to be shacked up with Rosie Huntington Whiteley permanently afterwards. A year is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you get like three months in and think, is this worth? Is this really You worth have it? stolen Jason Statham's bird, though, in that case, which is quite the badge of honour. Permanently, though, because that's just for the rest of your life. She, she yeah, you got happily married then, you happily settled down. But then you're looking over your shoulder for Jason Statham, and that's not something I want to be <laughs> You doing. could take Jason Statham, I reckon, sure. He was a swimmer. <laughs> Statham was a swimmer. Uh, don't let this, don't I let don't let this film fool you. I'd say yes, but I think... Have we lost Byron again? No, you haven't lost me, you lost Sean. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were swimming. I was yeah, I think I would say yes, but after five months, I don't feel like it lasts much longer. Yeah, I can't camp for a weekend, so, and I don't like <laughs> hot weather, so, depends where we are, because, look, I might think it's the greater good, but, I don't think it'd last. If I was concerned about the greater good, I'd have dieted a long time ago, but, those damn burgers. <laughs> Best side character. Who the side characters we'd probably say are either Nicholas Holt's little uh, gangly thing, any of the daughters. I guess we say Mad Max, Furiosa, and the main. Well, we don't count the villain as side character to be last week. So, would you probably say Nicholas Holt's gangly little thing? Nuts. What about the flaming guitar man? Yeah, it's a great show. <laughs> is he is he enough to be a side character? Sean, we're working with scraps here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't need to do our voting yet, so 
let's get into Bad Boys 2 and then uh, we'll see how we get when we come to the end when it comes to the voting. So, Bad Boys 2, synopsis. Two loose cannon narcotics cops investigate the flow of ecstasy into Florida from a Cuban drug cartel. So that could very well be the synopsis to about 10,000 films. <laughs> yep. It's and never two straight-edge cops. There's never anything wrong with it. <laughs> Critics' reviews then, so as I said, they were a bit harsher for um, Bad Boys than Mad Max. Um, <clears throat> a monument to excess, both exhausting and entertaining, Bad Boys 2 challenges audiences to withstand 2.5 hours of stamina-sapping bayhem but benefits from the heightened, almost surreal vulgarity at its core. There's a lot of things about how gory this is. Was that like a 2003 thing? Because compared to films today, it's not particularly gory. I mean, I remember the opening scene where obviously you've got the KKK, and there's like slow-mos and bullets going through heads. And right at the end as well, where they have that RC car... And he just blows those people up and they go flying miles. In, and you got like, in today's and, Asia, that, that, you could have a 12 looking like that. Yeah, that is true. So maybe it is a sign of the times. It must be. I mean, 2003, you didn't get a lot away, did you? No. No, um, you get, everything gets desensitized, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Every, the next generation to be shocked. You have to outshock what would have shocked your parents, don't you? It's the same in yeah. music with Elvis to, Elvis to Eminem and so on and so forth. You have to outshock what would have shocked your parents so now I don't now I don't it's quite average in how gory it is yeah there there is some fun to be had in the outrageous mayhem particularly with yet more chase sequences repetitious as they may be perhaps it's the chemistry between its two leads or perhaps it's the way director Michael Bay pounds action sequence after action sequence one thing's for sure this film proves ultimately to be the perfect example of mindless summer escapism. Yep. On the last real showdown in Cuba, your senses have been carpet bombed past repair, and the <laughs> overlength of the thing leaves you moaning for mercy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, sure, we can quibble about the blooded body parts, the gluttony of bullets and gore, but who's going to give a damn when there's so much fun to be had? Yep. Bad Boys 2 plays like one huge fuck you to Bay's critics by giving them all they expect from him to the nth degree. <laughs> it's exactly like the South Park critique yeah. of him. Just like, ev- just explosions everywhere. And it's almost too much. Like, I love a good explosion, but when it's just two and a half hours of just sheer, like, nonsense for most you've, of it. You've never seen love for an explosion like um, that episode of Game of Thrones where I forgot the characters' names now but they essentially just blow everything up the green explosion where, oh the um, uh, Cersei blows up the chair yeah, fire. yeah. The, the noises Alex was still making about that about three days later <laughs> he's watching it back on his phone in the common room I find that like such a weird thing when I hear people say that because I was really late to the party and I watched all of the seven series before the last one in one go before the last series came out. I still hadn't started it at that point. So. 
you're not alone there. Uh, if there are movie theatres in hell, Bad Boys 2 is certain to be a perpetual feature. <laughs> in some eyes, this is a movie. In others, it's a weapon of mass destruction. If Bad Boys 2 had a secondary title, it would be Hurl Harbour. It's that sickening. <laughs> Behave. And finally, to criticise Bad Boys would be like spanking your toddler for saying a naughty word at a dinner party. Was it too loud? Maybe. Inappropriate? Probably. But your soul must be dead if you didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this Bad Boys 2 is our version of an action film. I think this is why, like, if you look at the comedy films we enjoyed so much, we're not, we're not the most thoughtful cinema guys. So this is, <laughs> it's, not being, no, no offense to you or shoot, but we're, we're not. And this is perfect. You don't have to think about anything. It's Martin Lawrence and Will Smith running around shooting people for two and a half hours. It's fucking brilliant. I, mean, I think the chemistry between them as well works massively. I think that adds to the film yeah. so much. So, so I hadn't seen either film before the last couple of days. Which I couldn't and believe, when, because this seems like such your type of film. It's yeah. it, one of them where you kind of left it so long that just didn't really feel the need to go back. I just got, got on with the new stuff instead. But essentially, when me and Keenan were picking the bracket, I said, should it be one or two? And he, he said two, and I said, well, after I'd read a review, that they said, essentially, Bad Boys 2 is the film that Michael Bay wanted to make the first time around but didn't have the budget for. So he gets an extra hundred million for this one, and it's quite clear to see where the budget goes, unlike other yeah. films where it's like, where did they spend all that cash? And yeah. it's like, okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It is genuine. That review of it being Michael Bay, Michael Bay putting his fingers up to his critic. Yeah. It's genuinely what it is, and fair play to him. He's well, doubled I've down got, on that. I've yeah. got the trivia, which will explain some of it, so... Scenes from the movie were filmed at the Bird House in Delray Beach, Florida. The mansion stood nearly completed and vacant for years before it was purchased. The new owner advertised in Variety for a movie company to use the mansion in a movie and blow it up. By the end of filming, only the swimming pool was left. <laughs> I can believe that as well. Uh, when Dennis Green, who played Reggie, showed up for shooting, he was told by Martin Lawrence's bouncer that he mustn't look into Lawrence's eyes or talk to him and Lawrence himself was subsequently nasty to him. It was all a ploy arranged by director Michael Bay, who wanted the boy to genuinely be scared of fighting Lawrence. Green also wasn't told about the gun that he would have put in his face and be threatened with. <laughs> I, I, I like that trivia, but at the same time, do you need that much method acting? Because <laughs> he literally all he does is stand there. Has he <laughs> ever been in a film before? I imagine, unless he's got fucking bollocks of steel... He's got to stand there and let those two just rip, like, rip him to shreds anyway. He's probably not going to be going, yeah, this is class. So you've got those two shouting in his face and he's gone. He'd be taken aback anyway. I, he's, I in the, uh, he's in the last one as well. Which I think he is, is, yeah, yeah. I was going to say as well that it's just so brilliant because you've got him just standing there. And it's like what every kind of father would want for their daughter, I imagine. It's like some mentalist mate just to rock up with a gun <laughs> when their first boyfriend comes to take him out. It's just brilliant. This is going to be my hypothetical for this one. So how long, how do you think you're reacting if you're Reggie in this situation? <laughs> yeah. I'm gone. I need few pants. I'm gone. 
keep it so honest here, like, why I love his. Why I love as well that, that there's so much like ridiculousness in the whole film, but he's gone super serious on Reggie wanting <laughs> to be scared of Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> that he's done that. Well, there's more which we'll get into about uh, how they treated kids on set here. So, uh, during Jesus. the freeway chase scene, Michael Bay attached cameras to a couple of stunt cars and asked the drivers to crash into the fallen cars in order to capture never before seen shots. Um. While this movie was shooting on one side of Cape Florida State Park, Too Fast, Too Furious was filming on the other side of the park. That's <laughs> mental. So if you walk Could... through the park that day, you're having a hell of a show. Um, Michael Bay comments on the DVD that they got through the whole car chase without damaging the Ferrari, in spite of what we saw in the film. He complains that Martin Lawrence struck a concrete barrier with the passenger door in the following scene. <laughs> Uh, the line in which Johnny Tapia says to Alexi listen here you Russian punk I, me, Johnny Tapia will sever your head off this was uh, taken from real FBI audio surveillance recording of John Gotti in which Gotti said you tell this punk I, me, John Gotti will sever your motherfucking head off (laughs) so they paid some homage to the Teflon Don Michael Bay deliberately upped the ante on the action scenes for this film as he knew it would be released in direct competition with Hulk and The Matrix Reloaded. What a summer, eh? Not that he needed a second invitation, I'm sure. No. <laughs> so you, you might have seen this quite recently, actually. So Megan Fox plays one of the characters in the nightclub at the start and she came on set, producers told Michael Bay that she was only 15 and therefore couldn't be shown consuming alcohol. So... His response was to put her in a white T-shirt still under a waterfall at 15 years old. Yeah, no, I've seen that as well. And she it's... spoke out about it on the Jimmy Kimmel show, I think it was. And Plus, he, got... he's like cracking up laughing, saying like, he's done what we all wanted to do then, I guess. And like the audience are in bits. It's so weird to watch. Yeah, she's like recently come out because... Everyone's impression of Megan Fox is this dumb kind of sidekick girl that's in Transformers as well, obviously. And she's actually ultra-intelligent. Keep running. She said he was pretty horrendous on the set of that as well. And then no one takes her seriously as well. So it's a case of, like you just said, she's on the Kimmel show there. And everyone's just laughing, thinking it's a joke. And it's like, hang on a minute, I'm 15 years old. Their age of consent's yeah, different is, as well. Their age of consent's well. like 18 over there. So, that's really weird. I think, well, I think I spoke about this with Keenan before. Sean, I can see you rustling as well. We <laughs> spoke about this, I spoke about this with Keenan before, I think, and we were saying, like, as much as we wouldn't be surprised, probably we'd be pretty horrified with the amount of people in Hollywood that are just, like, assholes completely. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I bet it's more than art. Yeah, I think it's money, the money, the power, it's literally the, the money, the power you're trying to accumulate and then the status that it gives you. I think, like, you can get, you can get away, you got away with so much for so long. Like, yeah. I imagine it is almost like part of the culture. And I guess if there was well, a scandal against, got... like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you'd have to just give up <laughs> and just assume, like, alright, no, okay, it's... birds on Twitter, men really are pigs. <laughs> yeah, there are certain there are certain people you you 
I think there are more people that if you throw names at you like they've they've got a scandal. I think probably sixty percent of blokes you'd just be like, Yeah, I get it. I see it. Yeah. I guess yeah. as well when you've got that much money and you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, you've got to find new ways to exhilarate yourself and shock yourself. And for most like rich Americans that does just turn into being how much of a cunt can I be? Yeah, I saw some some guy trying to like justify this on Twitter, and he was like, "It's so weird the kind of like sexual deviance you get just because these people have money." He's like, "If if I had money, I'd do something like glue my butler to the ceiling." Not <laughs> why is that the first thing that came? Out? <laughs> um, you got a I cameo think, there. Sorry, kid. I was just. I think my my extravagance would be closer. I know there's a lot of deviancy in it, but. It would be closer to Wolf of Wall Street style. Like, I would just be trying to... I would want a mansion... Midget bowling. Buy. Yeah, or some shit like that. And I, I would want a mansion that I could buy and then just destroy it and just fucking level. <laughs> just yeah. like, Just shit, just so I could do it. Like... But I don't know. Um, Five Michael Bay in the garden. Yeah, is the man driving the, what they call the piece of shit car that Marcus attempts to confiscate, but Mike tells him to go for a better car. So that's Michael Bay there. And the body count in this one is 51, so... Nah, see, this is what I wanted to say <laughs> in before. It's because when they get dragged in after the highway chase, right, and they've, like, cut all the cars loose off the trailer, there's a fucking boat flying around as well. And Come on, there's just some light injuries. But he just drags them into that room, he's like, do you know how much you've cost this city? And it's like, Fucking, hang on a minute. There's like <laughs> civilian cars that are completely like foobars. Like there's no one. <laughs> Will Smith out is those. wooing while things fly, yeah. fly around everywhere. And yeah, like it's like whoa, look, a family of four on their holiday, dead. And it's <laughs> like how are they not counted towards the body count? They driverless cars. I knew it was something like this would happen. Where to be fair though, the, if we did kind of stop to think about. <laughs> every life lost in an action film. Something like a Godzilla film yeah, would would be <laughs> horrendous because yeah. every time he takes a footstep, you've got about eight dead. We'd be <laughs> yeah. in tears the whole way through. Um, if we go on to the categories. Rewatchability. You're not doing the quotes for Bad Boys? Yeah, we come to that after rewatchability. Oh, okay. I can't rewatchability say mine. for Bad Boys Two. I don't think it's particularly rewatchable. No. Mainly because it. it's two and a half hours long. <clears throat> it's one of the few films of that length. Yeah, no, that's not true. It's one of films of that length that I will happily watch. I think it's one of those if it's on. And yeah. it's like, like a hangover Sunday, you're on the sofa, you can't be asked Christ, to change it. A hangover if, with that loudness of Bad Boys 2 is be horrific. Yeah, it was a nightmare, because the copy that I've got as well, I had like, the, the, the kind of talking volume was really low, so I had it, the sound volume 43, me. and then there'd be an explosion and my windows would shake. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, yeah, it kills me. It, again, I will say... Well, Sorry, I was going to say, in terms of rewatchability and it Jack said about if it's on, I think if it was on regardless and I could look at the film and be like, oh, this bit's coming up, 
there are probably seven or eight scenes that I would wait, I would watch it for 20 minutes to see. That is true. And stuff. There are certain scenes that I would definitely hang around for and like, oh shit, it's this bit in a minute. I'm gonna, I'll sit and watch this, and then I would either sit and watch the rest of the film or turn it off. It's certainly an easy watch. Yeah, like, I yeah. wasn't struggling to follow it or anything <laughs> like that. Um, if we go on to the quotes, obviously there's some that we probably Ooh. can't say. Yeah, uh, no, but there's enough redact, that we can. You, you, if you redact it, you should be fine. Just miss out the words. That you I just don't want Sean it. reeling off the cuff. <laughs> just read, <laughs> just read, read the, the old thing. <laughs> thing. Yeah, I think. Mine has to be the chitty chitty bang bang one. <laughs> no, just, like without fail. Like whenever I see that tweet onto my timeline, that scene in general, or like I knew it was coming up in the film, and I was like, this is one of my all time favorite film, all time favorite scenes in a film. It's just hilarious. Um, yeah. And I, it, there's even more gravity to it. The fact that they're like arguing about something really serious before and then completely switch into this hilarious scene I think just in general all of the lines from that part was just brilliant genuinely that whole scene is a quote from you a virgin yes sir good keep it that way <laughs> yeah. ain't, gonna be, ain't gonna be no fucking tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> you haven't made love you? to a man <laughs> it's, it's like you look 30 oh Reggie baby I am so sorry please forgive Megan's dad and his silly friend you a virgin yes I right, keep it that way. Ain't gonna be no fucking that night. Baby, the red shirt's nice. I like that. You guys have a good time. You ever made love to a man? No. You want to? No, sir. Hey, have a good time, baby. Go. All right, go. All right. You need to go. <laughs> you ever made love to a man? <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> I know you've seen The Sopranos, Keenan. Yeah. Do you see Captain Howard as Ralph, or do you see Ralph as Captain Howard? I genuinely... Uh, do I see Ralph as Captain Howard? I think I see him as Ralph now. Because I can't not see him as Ralph. It's weird yeah. seeing him be serious. Yeah, I do see him as Ralph now. But I saw this way before I saw The Sopranos. Which is strange, but I think he's, he's just... He's in The Sopranos a lot more, isn't he? Yeah. When I've they got say, so much uh... brass up my ass that I can play the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> When they say to the, the other cops, like, doesn't Ricky Martin have a concert? Get the fuck <laughs> <laughs> These ain't normal raps. What my partner means is that these are a special breed called um, Big Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I think the quips between the two um, detective pairs are just brilliant as well. I think it's it's weird because it's it's racism, but because neither of them are white, it's kind of like, oh, it's, this is funny. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. This isn't this isn't aggressive, this is just funny. Yeah. How the hell am I gonna look at my pupils? <laughs> <laughs> my ass still hurts from what you did to it the other night. <laughs> Again, brilliant scene. Hey, it it's got hot rough. man, I can smell my ass burning. <laughs> <laughs> it got rough, we got caught up in the moment, shit got crazy, you know how I get <laughs> when when you pop me from behind I think you damaged some nerves. <laughs> The woman in that scene, by the way, where she says, "What type of what type of store is this? You got porn, you got pornos and homo shit going on. Uh, you two motherfuckers need Jesus." <laughs> I smell dead people. Yeah. I think my favourite was um, 
But Mike says, you've got three seconds to put your gun down, sir. And Marcus says, he has emotional issues. He goes to bed early for this shit. We got our rights. Why don't you exercise your right to shut the fuck up? I'm all right. I'm, I'm just going to give you a warning, okay? That's the best I can fucking do for all of you, okay? He's crazy. You got three seconds to put your gun down, sir. He has emotional anger issue problems. He one. goes to bed early for this shit just to wake up to pop one in the motherfucker. Two, Mike, look. And during um, the car chase with the Haitians where Marcus says, you see that? And he's like, they're throwing cars. How did I not see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like the next bit. He's like, hey, Mike, I'm just trying to be helpful. And he says, do you know what be helpful, Marcus? Just shut the fuck up and let me drive. Let's try that. <laughs> I also he says similar, doesn't he? Where he says, in that, um, we got our rights, and so why don't you exercise your right to shut the fuck up? <laughs> any more for any more? Yeah, a bullet, a bullet in the head will really mess up your extensions. It always <laughs> makes me laugh. Uh, best moment slash scene? Uh, I've probably got two. Will be either the date scene, I think is quite funny, uh, or the morgue scene as well when they're in there. Those are my two favourite ones. <laughs> yeah, fair. mine's the car chase on the bridge. Uh, it'd be it'd be any it'd be the date scene, the car chase, or I don't know why I like it so much because compared to the rest of the film, it's it's the scene at the Haitian house. Yeah, that one yeah. just kills me every time without watching it. Oh, one of the best quotes when he says, Who, who's there? The devil. And he just shouts at him. And then Martin Lawrence starts going, you're going to call himself the devil in this house. I love it. Because <laughs> when Marcus is in the, uh, where he's just getting peppered in the toilet as well. I have to say my favourite scene is obviously the kind of showdown at the end. Because like, you think this film can't just get any, have any more carnage in it. It's got to be a lot. And then you've got the complete destruction of a mansion. You've got a guy popping out a hole in the ground with a bloody, like, um, RPG. It just starts exploding everywhere. And then you think, why, well, what else can they do? Like, they drive a Hummer through a building. They're like, right, okay. And then they just des- destroy an entire shanty town. And the, every, like, corrugated tin hut just explodes. And you're like, how the fuck have you still got money left for this? You're destroying an entire Cuban village. It probably had to like build an entire Cuban civilization just to destroy it. What else have we got? So if we just say so in terms of a menacing villain in this one just just your standard drug dealer is film drug dealer, isn't it? He's yeah. just he's too flamboyant to be menacing. Although the the closest he gets is when they they obviously cut Boris up and they stick him in the in the wine bar. Yeah, that's that is decent. But he's, he's very flamboyant, and I don't know. I know Shut- that he will shoot you for nothing, but it does Shut- take away. John Abruzzi from Prison Break. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it, so it means nothing to me. Uh, he's the well, he's the other guy. The other. Oh, okay. Okay. Best best side character, Gabriel Union. Captain Howard, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a close one, I think, between us. I'd probably go for Captain. Howard, but uh, Gabby, our union's close. She is fire. A shout out to Reggie there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
if we go into the categories then, so... Jack, I'll start with you. Which of the two did you prefer? It's so difficult, because I like them both. Uh, I'm probably going to have to say Mad Max, because I feel like I've seen Bad Boys 2 like a hundred times in other, like, Bay films, essentially. Just for original, like, I know it's a remake, but the originality side, it's a bit different to what I've seen before. I'm not sure. sure. Yeah, I'll say that. No, you go. Sean? Uh, yeah, uh, bad boys for me. Bad boys too. Keenan? Bad boys. I'm the same, so no tie there. Rewatchability? Keenan? Bad boys. Sean? <laughs> yeah, I, would, I don't want to rewatch Mad Max ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> if I never see I it again, it'll be too soon. I can save you a go here, Jack, because, yeah, bad boy. I don't think, I think it's not a particularly rewatchable week for me, but. Yeah. Still, bad boys too. I, I would take the rewatch over Mad Max. If I don't ever see it again, then I'm sad. <laughs> what would you have gone for, Jack? I would have probably have gone for bad boys for rewatchability just because you can stick it on whenever. Best quote, which film are we going with? Bad boys? Bad boys. Yeah, mine. Yeah, mine to is going to be. Uh, <laughs> you can have to. Fu- you not see that? <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't, I don't. And this is what I was thinking like, when I was watching it. That there is absolutely no quotes in this film that's going to rival Bad Boys at all. <laughs> <laughs> was everyone going Bad Boys before I? Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Best moment slash scene. So I'll go for the chase on the bridge. So Bad Boys Two would be my uh, pick. Keenan? Yeah, it would be bad, boys. Jack? Same. And Sean? Uh, yeah, same. Either that last chase or the, the Morgue one or the date. So, so my three best scenes are all in bad, boys. So, yeah, bad, boys. <laughs> all right, so MVP is up next. My pick would be Mike Lowry. How come Mike instead of Marcus? Prefer Will Smith to Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence is why I think America need guns because he's a little guy, isn't he? So that's what they do over there. Um, I would, yeah. If I had to pick one out of Bad Boys, it would Bad Boys too. Anyway, it would go to Mike. Don't know whether it's just because he's a bit more brash and he's a bit louder. Not sure what what it is because they are both equally as important to the to the plot of the film. But I would Mike would be the choice. I think mine would have to be Mad Max just because without him without him there is no film. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking bad boys. I actually agree with Jack. The overall MVP from the two has to go to to your boy Max. Sean. Uh, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think you probably would go Mad Max just because Marcus and Mike take from each other, but yeah. Max isn't necessarily all on his own either. He does get some help, but on the basis of it, judging both, then you give it to Max. Most menacing villain. So are we going for Johnny Tapia or whatever the villain in Mad Max is called? 
a Morton Joe. Probably a Morton <laughs> Joe for me, mainly based on the Inter. Yeah. <laughs> Inter's pretty sinister. <laughs> the way he said that. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it is a bigger Morton Joe. Keenan, I'll go to you first. Best side character? Captain Howard. Jack? I think uh, from what they bring to the film or just which ones we like. Just essentially which side character you like best. I mean, we had someone like Red for Pineapple Express. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, Captain Howard probably. Just because Sean? of the quips. Sorry. No, you could, sorry, mate. Uh, I think yeah, you finished Captain and then uh, <laughs> I don't mean to cut people off. <laughs> I'll go for Gabrielle Union, but Bad Boys 2 also. Action per minute. I do feel this could be a contentious one. So you've got two hours of Mad Max Fury Road. You've got two and a half hours of Bad Boys 2. I do think Bad Boys 2 blows out of the water as it does for most of the film. Mainly because I think the amount of action in Mad Max is quite over-exaggerated. There's a lot of nothing in Mad Max. There's a lot of just driving on the road. That's how I felt about Red Dead Redemption, actually. Half the time you're just riding around on a horse, and people (laughs) are telling me it's the best game ever made. It's funny, because I thought exactly the same thing, and since I completed it, like two years ago, I haven't picked it up since. No, I, I still haven't finished it. I've, I haven't even got it installed at the moment. Um, so my pick would be Bad Boys 2. What about uh, the rest of you, Keenan? Action per minute. Yeah, it's the same, mate. Sean? Yeah, I felt like, to be honest, I feel like it's quite close. But yeah, I, I mean, it could always be a draw. Yeah, I feel like I could have gone either way on this. Um, but you got to give a pick. I'll go for Mad Max. Jack? I'm going to go for Mad Max because I feel there's more side scenes in um, Bad Boys 2. Although the action's a lot more like intense, I think there's more action in Mad Max because there's always something happening. Yeah, because you got the, the video score when they're at Marcus's, like, Garden when I have food, yeah. Peace station, like there are stuff that's nice. Yeah. Um, the kill count we know is quite heavily Mad Max, which it shouldn't be true. I mean, still, <laughs> I still think it would be in terms of the amount dead. I don't know if they've wiped out about eighty people to make up for the difference in Mad Max and Bad Boys Two, even if on that freeway alone. And some debilitating injuries to civilians. Go. Hey, if you want to, if you want to change it and vote for. Nah, I'm going to go Um, most creative use of weaponry. I mean, a fire guitar is pretty <laughs> yeah, not insane. It's not actually a weapon, though. Doesn't it? It's it's not, doesn't, I don't think anyone gets done with it, do they? Yeah, they, someone gets hit by it and they shoot flames at him because obviously that one bit where he kind of rams him and then goes on to the guitar guy okay. um, the only one I could think of 
when I was thinking of this, if, yeah, I'm not sure if the guitar counts as a weapon, but then when, obviously, Will, um, Mike kills that guy on the train, that's the only thing I could think of. Um, I don't, it's not technically a weapon, but I always, in the Haitian scene, I love the way he lines up the shot using the mirror. He shoots the, shoots the hairspray. Yeah. And then, like, to distract him, and then lines, lines up the shot using the mirror. The, yeah. um, the, the hooking, call it the hook where he rips. Yeah, she rips his face off. I think is that, would be my winner. that would be my pick. Yeah, yeah, true. Probably go for that one as well. Um, best soundtrack. How much do you like those guitar solos in Mad Max? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not enough. I'm going Bad Boys. I'm going Bad Boys solely for the song by Inner Circle. So that the what you're gonna do? Yeah, that is. It's actually called Bad Boys, to be fair. And it's not. It's not, the whole thing is just mint. Dave, Mr. Tri- how is where, what's the song where he's in the pool? Oh. oh. <laughs> we've, really got, we've got some like Napster thing here that you can just track. <laughs> little Shazam. <laughs> That's the one. Um, Originality. Uh, Mad Max for me. Yeah, yeah it, Mad Max. It, it is like... I'm not having their dinner. <laughs> Give us some cutlery. Bigger no, impact. Mad Max, unfortunately. Yeah. Is everyone in agreement there? Yeah, Mad Max. Yeah, for me. Um... Better ending, Keenan. <clears throat> Bad boys. I, I know. Um, I know. The idea was obviously to turn Mad Max into a sequel, which is why I think the ending, the actual ending, ending when they get back there is quite banal. He just wanders off in the, into the long grass. But it, now down the line, I think it's actually quite poor. It's just such a. They are still way doing the, the sequel. It just. Are they? Yeah, there's just, they just keep having delayed filming because of Tom Hardy and Charlie's front hating each other so much. Yeah, I just, well, <laughs> they hate each other. Oh yeah, they've like been other. quite open about like how much they don't get on. Oh, right. <laughs> and they they had issues filming the first one because where so much of it is kind of effects and things like that, they were both just questioning like what are we doing because they thought they were just filming nonsense. They were happy with the final product, but they signed back on. They're doing a sequel. They're doing a prequel with just Charlie's Theron, and there's another one as well, which I assume is going to be another sequel after that. So strap in if you're a Mad Max fan. But <laughs> my my pick is Bad Boys 2. What about you, Sean? Yeah, yeah, Bad Boys 2 ending's a lot better, I think. Yeah. Maybe based yeah. on what I in the thought to what said. I'm going Bad Boys 2. But it is the kind of typical 2000s <laughs> cop. Like, they were just chilling at the end and something funny happens and we all laugh. <laughs> and but then, it is still probably the better ending. And then finally, um, chemistry. This one might write itself here. <laughs> I think this one's pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. Bad boys. Gotta be the bad boys themselves. Alex Jones is not going to be happy. <laughs> so
So it finished 8-6 with one tie to Bad Boys 2. So Bad Boys 2 progresses to the next round, but closer than we expected. No one can call us uh, biased there. I did tell you in the week that I had a horrible feeling that it would win because of the categories, and I didn't want it to. It's funny because we all but we pretty much preferred, preferred yeah. Bad Boys, but that could have quite easily won. So it's Bad Boys 2 against the Dark Knight in round two. I don't think Bad Boys 2 gets a fairy tale run here. I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we thought that we bust my boy. This is true. And it Do you believe in miracles? Exactly. So that just about does us. I think for next week I'll get us ready some... Uh, we had our kind of spin-off question, didn't we? Unless anyone has a recasting that comes to mind now that they would put forward. Or if not, I can put something in place for you to prep next week. I don't want people to think you've not prepped, I just haven't asked you to do it. No, nothing. So, I'll put something in place for next week, some uh, points of consideration. I think... Sean, if you if you want the task, then you can come up with our hypothetical question each week if you wish. Yeah, yeah, I'll prepare it for going on now. I'll prepare one for each film. All right. So next week we have Gladiator against Point Break. Haven't seen Point Break. Nor have I. Neither have I. Neither have I. Oh wow! So there we go. We're all going to be new to it. It's funny because whether that's a good or a bad thing, who knows? <laughs> I've said before that Gladiator, <clears throat> I always sell it as the best film ever. And then wow. I stick it on. And then I'm asleep within like after the first <laughs> like Germanic scene. So I don't know if that says more about what time I put it on or rewatchability. But I've tried it's another to, long week because you've got two hours, two minutes of point break. Patrick Swayze surfing. And you've got two hours, 35 minutes of Gladiator. So there we go. Hmm. Thanks two again smoke, for listening. Two smoke shows Sorry? as well in those films. <laughs> A young Swayze and Russell Crowe in his physical prime. <laughs> well, thank you again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. We'll be back next week. Goodbye.